Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. Harvest is rolling on. We harvested the corn here at Corn College this past week. Like always, we sold it across the scale. So that means the bottom is now in the market. We're pretty good at picking the bottom of the market and are happy to do that for our customers. Corn harvest is moving at a fast pace, especially in the areas that, where that corn died early and the growers, some growers are starting to finish up corn already. We normally see some of our best yields coming from the first part of the harvest when the mo corn moistures are high and then they tend to drop off as grain gets drier. This year, as everyone has started on the corn that died early and was down or going down, I expected the yields to climb through harvest. This looks to be true in a lot of areas, especially outside of the heavy disease area. So this week's crop report will start to the south down around Sullivan. This is an area of light tar spot, but heavy rust and northern. Uh, grower talked to down there said without fungicide, they're at about 220. With the fungicide, they're at 240 to over 280 and all the moisture is above at 20%. They're just getting started on the beans, um, starting on some three ones, and they're in the mid-70s to mid-80s. Slide over to Maroa, where the grower I talked to is 50% done with corn, yields uh, in that 220 at 15%, uh, and that was the bottom end of it. The rest of it is in a 230 to 250 plus, a little higher moisture. Uh, just starting the beans so far, upper 70s to upper 80s. For them, it looks like the group 3-3 maturities are going to outdo the 2-8s. Move on over to the west, over to Spring Lake Bottom. Corn coming in that 220-240 range. Anything that stayed green seemed to add 25 or 30 bushel to the yield. Grower believe that they will be at their APH. Uh, soybeans just getting started and right now looking at the low 70s to mid 80s and it does look like their no-till beans are actually falling behind their tilled beans. We're going up north to Tonica, the area that started out wet and became one of our driest areas in August. Corn on corn up there is not making 200 bushel. Beans are running between 65 and 75 bushel. And up there, the mid-group twos look to be better than the early threes right now. Swing on over to Livingston County. Uh, corn not sprayed with a fungicide over there is struggling to make 200 bushel. The stuff that's sprayed uh, looked like it's going in that 240-250 range. Uh, bean harvest just getting started, but seeing some wide swings from 60 to 80 bushel, depending on how much water damage you're dealing with. We keep on moving east to over to south of Wasika. Uh, over there, the corn had died early, swinging from 170 to 220 with light test weights, but the green corn is in that 250 to 280 range in high moisture. Uh, what was sprayed twice is still at 28%, and they will be above their APH, just getting started on beans um, as of the day I talked to them. Here locally, we continue to fight poor stock quality. Growers say we, as we clean up the fields with poor stock scores, the next week just brings more deteriorated scores. Yields are improving slightly as we continue to move into some of the healthier corn, 
but many fields also have heavy water damage from the heavy rains. Run grower said he, he's seeing some 265 on the monitor, but when you add in the missing and poor yielding low ground areas, it pulls the field averages down quick. Seeing a lot of beans in the low 70s to low 80s, if there's not too much water damage. Some things are starting to float to the top as we evaluate harvest. When it comes to corn diseases, there's becoming a strong correlation to disease and poor yields with our summer weather patterns, especially in the areas that receive the heavy rain events, the six to eight inches of rain, only about 19 days apart. Not only did these events bring rain, but they also brought wind, which caused a lot of goosenecking on the corn. In some cases, goosenecking in two different directions. This coupled with how many days we had moisture. With a quick count from June 23rd to August 23rd, here at the office we had uh, rain 41% of those days. This, I believe, really feel the disease pressure that we're dealing with here locally. Now you get a few miles outside of the heavy rain and wind events, not only do yields improve, but the tar spot lessens and the corn has stayed green longer. We're also seeing some strong responses from double spraying. With double spraying at or after tassel, looks like it's paying some pretty big, big dividends, but we're also seeing spraying at V10 and at or after tassel doing, well as, uh, doing pretty well as well when we look at the uh, fungicide applications. Uh, this may be due to the fact that our first sighting of a tar spot this year was June 30th. Kind of blowing away the idea that we thought it was a late August, early September disease. Now keep relaying what you're finding on your hybrids, how they're standing up and what's yielding better in these heavy tar spot areas, as well as the ones that are falling apart at the end of harvest. Uh, we'll try to put a list together of the hybrids that are truly handling this disease better. I, I do need to clean uh, clear up some confusion I've caused in the past podcast as I talked about a hybrid response. You know, I get used to talking with crop tech customers and using our terms and nomenclature that we have for different uh, things that we're working on, such as our hybrid yearbook project where we put labels on the hybrids, G, L1, L2, and D, to identify where a hybrid flexes when it comes to ear flex. Well, I know most of you are crop tech customers understand this labeling nomenclature, but I sometimes forget that we get new listeners to this podcast all the time that don't know about it. So a G hybrid, give it a letter G, is one that flexes down in rows around when we stress it. And of course, this happens early in the growing season. What we would call an L1 hybrid flexes down in length, usually cob and all. So it may be filled to the tip, but it's only 30 long. This means that that hybrid flexed down in size before tassel. An L2 hybrid flexes down in ear size after pollination. So it may be pollinated to 45 or 50 long, but it'll abort back to 30, leaving a shriveled up ear tip with kernels on, it, on the end of it. Again, they're both 30 long, just one did it after tassel, 
uh, after pollination, one did it before. The D hybrids are the ones that flex down in kernel depth, how much starch is in the kernel. So under stress, they flex down in kernel depth. Now these hybrids could be 640 kernels per ear, no matter whether you planted them at 28,000 or 38,000, but the starch in the kernel can be reduced drastically. When corn dies early, like it did in areas of heavy disease pressure or severe drought, it tends to affect the L2 and D hybrids more. The D hybrids are affected the worst because they need good fill conditions the last 30 days of grain fill. Corn dying early, forcing that plant to go to black layer too soon, will rob these hybrids of kernel depth. Now these hybrids are about 30 bushel off our August estimates because they didn't get kernel depth. They needed, um, but the disease pressure took it away. And that comes even though we had some great fill days at the end of August and the first part of September that really would have helped us um, even in a normal year. But this year without that plant staying alive, we couldn't take advantage of those good days. Some of these hybrids have been your lead hybrids for several years. Don't be too quick to throw them out of the lineup because of this year's performance. The odds of us seeing this kind of disease pressure next year, I'm going to guess are probably low. But this year does teach us a lesson on diversification of our hybrid picking to mitigate in-season stresses. Research teams are staying on top of the plot harvest. Don't forget to give us a heads up as far out as possible so we can schedule it. Soil testing crews are staying on top of the fall testing, so don't forget to call them in as you knock them down or pick them up, whatever the case is. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.